heights to the depths of the sea. So Jonadab said to him, and here's his great hatched plan, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. When your father comes to see you, tell him to you know, bring Tamar in, give me food, prepare it in my sight, notice, that I may see it and eat it from her hand. Those are his desires. And Jonadab is showing his deceit here. He is very cunning. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Our scripture today says, Jonadab was a very crafty man. His wicked advice to Amnon began a disastrous chain of events. Jonadab was a cousin of Amnon, being the son of David's brother. Jonadab advised Amnon to deceitfully arrange a private meeting with Tamar. He didn't need to say, and then force yourself on Tamar, because in their shared wickedness, Jonadab and Amnon thought the same wicked thoughts. The power of lust is strong enough to twist the way we see reality. Even though we are susceptible to sin, God always shows us a way out of it. Unfortunately, we don't always take that path. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. For you know that no fornicator or unclean person, no covetous man, which is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Ouch. That really hurts, doesn't it? But that's the person who continues in that lifestyle. Because such were some of us. But we've been washed. We've been cleansed. We've been restored, renewed. Don't look upon the grave clothes of the past. That will only depress you. Remember who Christ is and what he's done for you. And notice that it was improper at the end of verse 2 there. It was improper for him to do anything to her because, number one, it was his sister. They were brother and sister, and there had been no arrangement of marriage between the two of them. If Amnon really wanted her to be his wife, this seems like it could have been arranged. Remember in verse 13 what it says, when uh, Tamar, she says, Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. If, if, If you really want me, Amnon, then just talk to David. And it wasn't uncommon for a half brother and a half you know sister to to be married. Moses and and, and um, uh, uh, Abraham and Sarah were that. They were half brother and half sister. It wasn't uncommon, but you got to do it the right way in God's way. She's saying, if you want me, why don't you just talk to my dad? I'm sure he can arrange the marriage and we can be married. Amnon, but why are you doing this? And I really marvel at this because he lusted for her so much. You think that he would just, it it makes me realize that it was more, it it was nothing more than just a physical attraction, a physical lust. What was going on in his heart? Did he really love this woman? No, he didn't. He says he loved her. 
We just read it. He said he loved her, but he didn't really love her. He lusted for her. It's a different kind of love. But Amnon, notice, had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, or Shemaiah, Shemaiah, excuse me, David's brother. Now Jonadab was a very crafty man. This this man Jonadab was uh, obviously David's nephew and the son of his brother Shemaiah or Shammah. Do you remember that name? Shammah? You probably don't, but it's okay because you remember when Samuel came to Jesse and wanted to examine his sons, and God says, out of one of Jesse's sons will be the king that I've appointed. And remember who appeared before him? It's recorded for us in 1 Samuel 16. They all come, from the oldest to the youngest. Eliab, he comes first. And God's like, no, I haven't chosen him. The next one, Abinadab, he comes. God says, no, sorry, Samuel, I haven't chosen him either. And then Shammah, this is the gentleman. His name is Shemaiah. His name is also Shemaiah, or Shammah, excuse me. This is the, the man whose son has befriended Amnon. They're all related. But Amnon had a friend, and notice he was a very crafty man. This means a very intelligent, skillful, he's cunning, he's subtle, he's wily. Do you know what that means? He's deceptive. He's a deceptive friend, encouraging Amnon to do things that aren't right. Have you ever had a friend like that? Have you been like that with somebody else? Instead of being a good friend, you you lead them into sin, or maybe you are led to sin by your friend. This is the kind of character Jonadab was. But what does the Bible tell us? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Didn't Jonadab give Amnon bad counsel? Here's what you do, man. If you really want her, this is what you do. Play like you're sick in in your bed. And and he gives him the whole scenario. He's like, yeah, that's like a great idea. The worst thing that could have happened. The worst thing that could have happened. In Proverbs 1, verse 10, it says, My son Solomon pleading, to no doubt, no doubt Rehoboam his son. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. In, in Proverbs 1.15, my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot far from their path. This is what Amnon should have done. Why was he listening to this man who was going to be leading him? And that leads us to, you better be careful who you hang out with. And for the young people, for anybody listening or will listen to this later on, be careful who you hang out with. I've hung out with some really nasty characters in my life that got me into more trouble, and because of my own sin nature, I was willing to go along with it. But be careful. Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You become like the company you keep. Eventually, it's like osmosis. You can say, well, I'll be high and holy, and I'll be a witness to them. And if you are, praise the Lord, but what often happens is that person who is governed by a different spirit begins to rub off on you and you start to compromise. That's usually what happens. You'd better be strong. You'd better be hanging in there. You'd better be careful about those you run with. And if they are not solid Christians, beware. And he said to them, why are you... Uh, Jonadab says this to Amnon, why are you, the king's son, becoming thinner day after day? Will you tell me? And Amnon says, I love Tamar. 
What he really should have just said is, I lust for my sister. He says, I love her, but he really didn't. And it's interesting, in the Greek language, there are at least six words that are translated love. And four of them are only found in the Bible. And actually, to be truthful, only three are actually in the Bible, and one is inferred. (laughs) We have eros. That's a, a sensual kind of love, a passionate kind of love. It's portrayed to us in the Song of Solomon, but the word never shows up in the Greek. It never shows up, even in the Septuagint. They don't use the word eros, so it's not found in the Bible. But storge, yes. Storge is the familial love, like you would have for a family. And then the phileo love, like you would have for a friend. And certainly agape love, God's unmerited favor, a very benevolent, self-giving, self-sacrificing kind of love. That's the ultimate expression of love. But in the Hebrew language, there's only one word, unlike the Greek. There's only one word for love, and it's ahab or ahav. It's where we get the ahava. Do you ladies have any of those ahava products from the Dead Sea? That's what it means, love. Oh, I love my skin. It feels like a baby. Believe me, you put that stuff, you go to the Dead Remember that? We went to the Dead Sea, and you smear that black mud all over you, and it's so rich with chemicals. You're pickled. I mean, you're like this walking... I don't know. You just—I don't know what it is, but it's true. You put that on there, you feel like a baby. You feel like you've just been born again. Why did I go there? I don't know. But anyway, love. Yes. I started to think about when I was floating on the Dead Sea and reading the paper. Ahab. That's what it means. One word in the Hebrew for love, and it's up to the reader in the context to understand the context to understand what the word really means. And we know in this context. As we read it and understand it by the Spirit of God, he didn't love her. You don't kick a woman out of the house after you've made love to her or done what he did, his rape. He didn't make love to her. He just, whatever. But anyway, you don't do that. He didn't love her. So Jonadab said to him, and here's his great hatched plan, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. When your father comes to see you, tell him that, you know, bring Tamar in, give me food, prepare it in my sight, notice, that I may see it and eat it from her hand. Those are his desires. And Jonadab is showing his deceit here. He is very cunning. And then when Ammon lay down and pretended to be ill, and the king came and says, Amnon, uh, and, and came to see him, and Amnon said to the king, Please let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a couple of cakes. Notice, in my sight, that I may eat from her hand. In my sight, from her hand. Do you get the point? He doesn't want to just be fed. He wants to see her making it, and he wants to be fed from her hand. I don't want to get too graphic here, but I think it's, it's good to look at this and see the red flags all along. His only illness was that his lust was longing to be fulfilled. Ladies, be very careful with young men. If a man is really interested in you, if he's a godly man, he's not going to seek to seduce you and do things that, you would, that would um, compromise you. If he's a godly man who is interested in you, he will respect you and he will respect God and he'll have control over his own passions. Did you hear that? Especially for you single gals. Be very careful. 
Make sure you give that man plenty of time to prove himself. He can say all the things he wants. Oh, I'm a Christian. Look, I got an NIV. Yeah, never mind that it's brand new and it's still in the plastic wrapping. But look, I got a Bible. Trust me. Be very careful. He might even know John 3.16. For God so loved the world (laughs) that God gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Let's go out. And some gullible young Christian girl, he's so handsome and he's got such a nice car and I I can't resist him. And she goes out and he tells him everything. Oh, you're just so beautiful. I just, I love you so much. You know, and he's pouring out his heart, gushing. And she's like, he's everything I've ever wanted. And he gets what he wants. Doesn't call her again. Doesn't see her again. How often has that happened? In the church, it's happened quite a bit. So ladies, be very careful. Be discerning. Notice, David sent home to Tamar, saying, Now go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. Tamar, David's daughter, was being obedient to her father. She was just being obedient. He's my brother. He's my half-brother. I'm glad to do it, Dad. You're the king, and I'm, I'm a submitted servant of yours, even though I'm your daughter. I'll go. So she went to her brother's house as he was lying down. She took the flour. She needed it. She made the cakes in his sight, and he baked the cakes. And Amnon, I believe, was so consumed by his lust that while she was preparing it, while she's preparing it, he's thinking. He's watching her, and he's thinking How am I going to get away with this? What do I got to do to go through with this? And he's looking at her, and his heart is just boiling over. What have I got to do? What have I got to do? I got to do it. I got to make this thing happen. Now is the time. And she took the pan, and she placed them out before him, but he refused to eat. Do you see that? She takes the pan. Probably, you know, I like to think of like an old cast iron skillet that's 100 years old. It's all nicely well oiled. And she holds it out to him and there's like these big, beautiful cakes. And he's like, "Uh, I I, I can't, can't, for some reason, I can't move my arm. I, I think I need some help. I need you to feed them to me. Can you feed them to me? And she took the pan and placed them out before him. He refused to eat. And then finally he says, have everyone go out from me. And they all went out from him, all of his attendants and servants. After all, he is the heir apparent, so he does have servants. And then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made, brought them into Amnon, her brother, in the bedroom. Red flag. The first red flag was, I want you to bake them in my sight and then feed them to me. The second red flag is, Everybody go out for me. Now it's just, there's no accountability now. Nobody sees anything. See no evil, hear no evil, you know. He says, now bring the cakes into the bedroom. And I wonder, if right at that moment, she's thinking to herself, you know what? Something's not. I know in my heart that that young lady was probably thinking to herself, I'm only doing this because I'm the king's daughter and he asked me to help him. I don't believe she had any great desire for him. One commentator said this about unmarried princesses, which she, Tamar, was, that they wore garments of bright colors, and it was a custom which signified their eminence, and no males were permitted to visit the woman's apartments unless by special permission. And even then, there had to be chaperones. And these laws were known throughout Israel, and any man who violated them was considered to be a fool. 
So Amnon here, that's why she said, are you going to be like a fool in Israel? Do you know what you're doing, Amnon? And I want to encourage you ladies to never lose or, or don't ignore your instinct. I believe that God gives, gives us instinct, and I believe for their safety, God gives women instinct. He gives them instinct. You may have a check in your heart or an uncomfortable feeling around certain men, even though they've done nothing toward you, but don't ignore that sense. There's probably a reason. And sometimes it's the nonverbal communication that a man is putting off. It could be a number of things. There might be something you're picking up on, and I believe God gives you that. You better just don't ignore that. You can be kind and nice, but if you've got a check in your heart, don't ignore that. Don't ever ignore your conscience when it comes to stuff like that. And pray for discernment. Pray for greater discernment. And I even think a mother has a wonderful instinct. I've seen my wife have an instinct about my daughter, our our daughter, and do certain things just by instinct. And I'm like, where did that come from? And I know God put it there. Women have a wonderful, mothers have an instinct that is just unfathomable. It's It's wonderful. They know. Now in verse 11 it says, Now when he had brought them to, when she had brought them to him to eat, he took her and said to her, Come lie with me, my sister. But she answered, No, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. And where could I take my shame? As, as you know, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. <laughs> now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold you from me. However, he would not heed her voice. And being stronger than, he, than she, he forced her and lay with her. And it's not just men with women. You remember in Genesis chapter 39 with Joseph and Potiphar's wife? It was actually the roles were reversed then. It wasn't the man going after the woman. It was the woman going after young, swift, smart, good-looking Joseph. And Joseph was very smart. Probably could have been a little smarter, not even be in the same building with her because she hatched a plan and left the, you know, the garment and it ended, ended him up in jail for some time. But we see that happening. And adultery is something, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 5.27, you've heard that it's been said of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery. And it's the slippery slope, again, of sin. It's a slippery slope. Verse 12, but she answered him, No, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. We see another thing in Genesis 34. It's another rape. And again, a a topic it's not exciting to talk about. Of Jacob's daughter, Dinah, being raped by a young man whose name was Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite. And you remember that whole situation. And then, in order to get back at the man, a couple of her brothers end up killing a whole village of people, including the man who had raped her. And the man, to his credit, he was willing to pay the, the 30 shekels of silver and take her as unto his wife, but that wasn't enough for these men because they were angry, you know, you know, and understandably so. And Tamar, as far as we know, was not betrothed at the time. She was still a virgin. 
And the law goes a step further concerning those who are even related to each other. What does it tell us in Leviticus? And again, these are, these are really hard things to say, but it's worth noting because that's kind of like front and center for us tonight. Leviticus 18 verse 9 says, The nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or elsewhere, their nakedness shall you not uncover. And the nakedness of your father's uh, wife's daughter, begotten by your father, she is your sister. You shall not uncover her nakedness. In Le- Leviticus 20, if a man's, verse 17, if a man takes his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. Literally be killed. Capital punishment. Cursed is the man, Deuteronomy says to us, who lies with his sister. All things can be forgiven, and there are probably even people in this room or even online who have had encounters with siblings in your past. And it's a horrible stain on your heart. But know this, that God can forgive, and you can forgive that person if they, if they did something to you, or hopefully um, you know, they can... Um, Ask for your forgiveness. Hopefully there can be restoration and healing. That's possible in the Lord, right? But according to the law, Amnon deserved death. And because he saw his father do a similar thing, and from his perspective, from his perspective, David got away with it, although he really didn't get away with it. There was a death as a result of that union. Perhaps Amnon felt that he wouldn't suffer the consequence, number one, because he was David's firstborn. David would probably do anything to keep him from being put to death. And because of his father's own guilt, he wouldn't exact punishment probably upon him. He would seek to make restitution, do something, but keep his son alive. And notice verse 13 back in our text, what she says. She says, and, and I, where, where could I take my shame? And as far as you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold you, hold me, excuse me, from you. And think about this. Tamar thought that according to the law, that Amnon, because she wasn't betrothed, that Amnon could just make her his wife. Even though this thing had occurred, just do the right thing and, and take her as your wife. But that's not what he did. And that's why she said later that sending her away was worse than the rape itself. And as the heir apparent to the throne at this time, this would also be her salvation in a sense. Because she'd been humbled, having Amnon as her husband would certainly secure her financially and be provided for. I'm certainly she could fall in love with the man perhaps later on after she forgave him. However, verse 14, he would not heed her voice, and being stronger than she, she, he forced her and lay with her. And then Ammon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred in which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And he said to her, Arise and be gone. Love is a funny thing, and I've, I've heard it said that love and hate are kind of like the opposite of the sides of the coin. But I think real love, I think real love, real agape love is not, That's not the case. Because when we think of instances where somebody says they love somebody and then they get hurt, and and naturally it hurts to get hurt, especially it's, it's the one emotion that when you bring somebody into your heart and they break your heart, the emotion of anger can be so great. 
I'm sorry, that concludes our program for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.